Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today, we have a special guest with us who I know you will find to be a wealth of information related to helping successful people like you who feel like maybe a hot mess to figure out why their clutter isn't going away so they can finally clear the chaos and live a life of freedom, joy, and peace. Star Hansen is a certified professional organizer, and she's known as the Clutter Whisperer. She's on a mission to help you banish your personal clutter monster take control of your stuff, and create a life that you're truly proud of. Star's best-selling book, Why the F Am I Still Not Organized, has inspired countless individuals to tackle their clutter head-on and find lasting solutions. She's appeared on over 30 TV shows and shared her fitted sheet-folding secrets with Oprah and her fans. Her unique methodology has helped thousands of people to get and stay organized when nothing else has worked. Welcome, Star. We really appreciate you joining us. It's so great to be here, Anne. I'm super excited to pick your brain today, so let's get right into it. What's the root cause of why so many entrepreneurs struggle with clutter? What a great question, and such a small one to start us off today, Anne. It's, you know, I feel like we're living in a time where we've never had more, more, tasks, more content, more access to the world at large. And that's just a lot to deal with. So many of us, when we started our business, that was not the world that we lived in. And we're all trying to keep up with this wild, wild west (laughs) that we call business these days. And it's really tricky. And so part of it is, I think, A big part in business is we have to make our education and evolution of our systems a very important part of our life. It's not enough to just focus on what you're doing work-wise day-to-day. You also have to make time to continue to evolve your systems and grow them because technology is moving and happening so fast. It's really at the speed of light, and we need to be able to evolve with it as it continues to grow. So there's so much going on in our personal and business life, as you mentioned. What maybe is a simple activity that we could quickly do that would make a big difference in our struggles with all the things that we have on our plate and all the things that are surrounding us? In the last 20 years, as I've been working with people on their productivity and organizing, the thing that I see that makes the biggest difference is also the thing that people fight against the most. And that would be the daily review, like doing a daily routine of figuring out what you're going to be focusing on, what's on your plate, what you want to give your energy to. Most people are are running so fast and so busy and they'll tell me, Star, I just don't have time for that. No, I have this to do and this to do and this to do. The busier you are, you don't have time not to do it. You need to take time every single day. And I tell people, if you have an email problem, you have a task problem. If you have a time problem, you have a task problem. And what we want to do is we really want to take the time to sit down every single day, take a quick, I mean, this takes 20 minutes. This is not a, you know, a four hour endeavor, 20 minutes. You want to sit down, you want to review your emails. You want to look at your task list. You want to review your calendar. And then you want to say, what are the three to five things I'm going to focus on today? What can I give myself to fully? What deserves my attention? Because if you come in and you let your email tell you what to pay attention to or your text messages or your, you know, DMs, 
you are running someone else's race. You're not running your own race. And it's so important that we either at the beginning of our day or at the end of the day prior are taking the time to really get clear about what we want to work on before we make ourselves accessible to the rest of the world and their agenda for chaos. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I I once heard someone say, you know, our email inbox is not our task list. Correct. But it is. It's like it's like a task list that the rest of the world can add to whenever they want. So it's very it's very uncomfortable until we make that separation that you're describing. Yeah. And I think it's important to because our task list in in reality here, Star, could be 50 things on it. So I think it's important that you identified that, hey, we need to really look at the top three to five things. Whenever you start a list, obviously, everything starts with a list and it should always be in priority order. So the top three to five things that you want to do today. okay, let's take a look at those instead of the entire list and then feel overwhelmed and then get stifled. Yeah. And I want to just speak for the people who feel very overwhelmed. If you are overwhelmed because maybe you don't have a task list or you have 300 task lists, the first thing that we can do is we can take the time to create one universal task list in your life, whether that be paper or digital, it does not matter, it's whatever works for you, but have one place that you can brain dump everything and get it out of your mind and somewhere that you can look and strategize. And if you're really feeling stuck, choose the easiest thing. People so often avoid the the easiest thing. We think of, you know, Brian Tracy and eat that frog and I've got to, you know, jump in and do the hardest thing first. And I agree with that unless you are totally overwhelmed and a bit paralyzed. And then I don't care what you work on. Choose the thing that feels open, easy. We just need you on the field. We don't need you operating in a perfect way. We just need to kind of break that freeze response that comes up when we feel really paralyzed by the amount of stuff that we have to do. Absolutely. One list is all we need. Multiple lists already creates a really uh, stifling of what we really have to do for sure. You know, we've got those people who put sticky notes. Oh, yeah, I've got to remember to do this. Write a sticky note. And that goes someplace. Oh, yeah, I got to remember to do this. I have a sticky note. And that goes someplace. Absolutely. <laughs> having, well, having... And, and it makes our it makes us feel better. Like, OK, now I won't forget it. Like I and this is also, I mean, kind of going back and to that daily review, that 20 minute review that you do every single day that will keep you on point is the routine that you will do that will stop you from needing to write 20 post-its and putting them on your computer because you're learning to trust yourself. The process of organizing and creating productive systems, you know, at its most fundamental is helping us learn to trust ourselves because most of us have just been doing the best we can to keep our head above water in this very fast-paced, ever-changing world. And something as simple as looking at your task list every day and making a decision teaches you that you can trust yourself, that you're going to show up for yourself, teaches you that you are able to command your time in a way that serves you. And it's, it's one of the most healing things we can do in our businesses and in our lives. Oh, that's wonderful. That's really good to know. Does clutter really have a hidden meaning? to each of us individually, because isn't it just stuff anyway? Yeah, that's a great question. So there is certain clutter that is just stuff. I call it practical clutter. And this is the clutter that just pops up and you have to get a handle on it. And you really just need time or bins or, you know, like maybe an extra resource to, to get it under control. But it's a one and done. You know, this clutter comes across and as soon you have, as you have time, you get it handled. Now, if you have clutter that keeps popping up over and over again, and in a way that it's like, okay, wow, this pile, no matter how many times I clear it from my desk, keeps showing up again. Wow, this pile next to my door. 
Why is it always here? And that's the clutter that absolutely has a deeper meaning. Now, this deeper meaning to me is a very positive thing because we have villainized our clutter and saying, oh, it makes us less productive and we're bad people if we have it. And that's not my experience at all. Clutter is proof that growth is on the horizon for you, even in our businesses. So at home, if you have clutter piles that are growing over and over again, generally speaking, we're using that clutter in some way to get a need met. Like you might be using the pile on your counter to remind you to do something. That's very useful, you know, a reminder. You might be using it to feel a sense of protection or security or connection to the people that you love. There's a lot of ways that we use our clutter. And at work, if we see piles of clutter start to build up, sometimes that's a red flag telling us, hey, you're taking on too much and maybe you're not able to give your best, you know, your best to these projects that you've been given. Or it might be showing you, hey, it's time to expand. You are actually moving you know, this new project is asking you for your attention or it's time to expand your systems. It's always a problem of abundance. It's really asking us to look at something beyond the surface level. And the surface level is there's clutter. I'm a mess. I should be so embarrassed. Nobody look at this. And the deeper level is this clutter is serving me in a positive way or it's inviting me to expand and grow. And when we can look at it from that lens, our clutter becomes this beautiful gift that helps us accelerate in every area of our lives. That's super interesting. I never would have thought of it that way. Would you please tell my husband that the pile that I have there is a reminder? Absolutely. I'll let him know he needs to pay a little closer attention. This is for you, darling. So is there a way for us to maybe possibly decode a superpower that could be buried in our clutter issues. Absolutely. So I wrote a book called Why the F Am I Still Not Organized? And in this book, I essentially map out how you can discover the hidden meaning of your clutter. And it, it starts with two different things. So one is the location. Where is this clutter out? Because every single room of our home and room in our lives represents an area of our lives. So the office, for example, might represent our purpose in life, the you know service we do. It might also represent our finances. It could represent our persona in a public way. Like there's a lot of ways that we represent are represented through our spaces. And so every room has a different, you know, kind of area of our life that it represents. So knowing that first kind of gets you in the ballpark of, okay, what's going on in my life that this clutter keeps showing up? And then the second part is, what is that clutter doing? And it can be as simple as, this clutter is slowing me down, this clutter is blocking me, this clutter is making me think of my mom a lot, and that makes me happy, or it makes me sad, or this clutter is helping me feel really safe, because if I have 300 pens in my desk, I feel like I'm always ready for business, because when I was a kid, we didn't even have one for the whole household to share, so it gives me a sense of security to have more. And that's what we're looking at. We're looking at where is the clutter and then what is the clutter. And that will tell us a lot about the deeper meaning buried within our stuff. And then when we really realize that deeper meaning, how does that help us? Yeah, that's it's so important. So it's figuring out the deeper meaning. So realizing, for example, that you're using the clutter as a communication, for example. Once you realize that's what you're doing, let's get that need met in a more direct way. 
And what I tell people to do is once you see the deeper cause, then write out 10 ways or 20 if you're really if it's hard for you to stretch and figure that out, 10 or 20 ways that you might be able to meet that need without the stuff. So in the example of, you know, the pile for for a partner, right, like I'm leaving this out so that they can see that I need them to do this exploring like, okay, what would a family meeting look like? What would a task list look like between the two of you? Is there actually a bigger fight that's going on that no one wants to talk about? Like what's really happening and how can we get that need for communication and being heard met without the clutter in the sense of security is describing, you know, someone who has 300 pens because they didn't have enough growing up. They might need to explore why I really need to work on my trauma and therapy, or, you know, I need to have five pens with me in my purse and I can consciously choose that 20 in my desk is enough. And that's a reasonable number that I've discussed and thought out. And then anytime I start to panic about having less than that, or, you know, wanting more than that, these are the things that I can do to kind of regulate my nervous system. Because what we're really looking at doing is how do we get that need met more directly without needing the stuff to do it for us? Wow, that's that's so interesting. I like the going into the deeper meaning and what we can do about that. So what are some tools for helping us manage the overwhelm when it comes to clutter and being organized besides the one to-do list? Yeah. So when it comes to that feeling of overwhelm and just feeling like there's just too much going on, I always say, you know, just start small. One of the the easiest, most entryway, <laughs> entry level things we can do is throw on a song that makes you happy. And take action on the thing you've been avoiding for just the duration of that song. Because most people perceive that when there's something that's looming that they don't want to do, or there's a lot of things to happen, that if I can't do them all, I'm not going to do any of them. Or if I can't get it completely done or do it perfectly, it's not going to happen. And what we want to do is we want to kind of pair a sweetness with a sour. So the sour is the thing you don't want to do. The sweetness is the song. Another version of sweetness could be inviting a friend over or jumping on Zoom with someone that you trust and say, hey, can you just hang with me for 20 minutes while I do this thing? I keep avoiding it and reaching out for help and kind of leaning into that concept of body doubling. Because most of us have experienced so much, so much kind of pain, I would say, for lack of a better word, in feeling like there's just so much to do. And no matter how much we do, it's never done. And so we have to take away that idea that we have to do it all. It all has to get complete. Most of the things that you cross paths with I'd say 70% to 90%, you're never going to do. You might have had it on your list. You may have the desire to do it. But most of those things, like they're going to be replaced with something new next week. We are in this constant flow. And so giving ourselves like the ability to let go and not feel like we're failing if we don't complete everything. Some things are not for us to complete. And so pick something, take action on it for a finite amount of time. You decide how long that is. And start to learn to trust yourself again, start to learn to lighten up around it and not feel like it's going to be the, the worst thing in the world if you can't get it all done, because right now it feels too painful to even want to focus on. So we want to find a way to make it a little lighter. So that brings up, I guess, a curious question for me anyway. Are there any connections between our mental health and clutter? Hugely. There's huge connections between our mental health and clutter. It's the primary focus when I'm working with people. So yes, we, I mean, I think we all kind of know the research that's been done about clutter in our physical spaces and how that affects us mentally and our stress levels. It's been proven time and time again that clutter, you know, causes a spike in cortisol, especially for women. And it really does kind of make life feel more difficult and more challenging. So there's that level of mental health that we're affected by the physical stuff. 
But that doesn't even take into account the ways that we beat ourselves up and feel like a failure for having the clutter in the first place or the well-meaning people in our lives who want to help us get organized, whether we've asked for it or not, who kind of bully us and who, you know, it's like who, who kind of push and prod and how much did you get rid of today? And like, oh, you know, if you only got rid of some more stuff, like it doesn't take into account that world. And the fact that, you know, I always say the number one thing that's stopping you from getting organized is that inner bully, that inner critic who's beating you up and saying that there's something wrong with you. Like you are not a failure or defective if you have clutter. Clutter can be proof of just living a full and active, happy, thriving life. Maybe you just have three kids and a career and the world is going great and that has not been a priority. So maybe you need to outsource it. So, you know, acknowledging that beating ourselves up is actually not going to help us at all when it comes to that. And a lot of times with our clutter, we look at like comorbidity. So people who, meaning that people who have multiple diagnoses kind of piggybacking onto each other. So someone might have ADHD, for example, and that might be paired with anxiety. And it's difficult because we have a lot of people nowadays who are getting late diagnoses of ADHD or autism. And there's so much shame still in the society about it. And it's getting better, thank God, but it's still around. And so to me, when I see clutter, even if it's stemming from horny disorder or ADHD, to me, that's an invitation into learning how your brain works, how your unique, beautiful brain works and finding a system, not the one that was featured on, you know, Good Morning America or, you know, like the home edit, like what does your brain need? And I feel like clutter really invites in our ability to go in and start to map out our brain with a new insight for what we need in order to thrive in our lives. Wow. Super interesting. Super interesting. I'm just curious here. What would you say to someone who says, you know, Star, I've tried everything and, you know, nothing's worked for me. What, what would you tell that person? We need to do things completely differently. I'd be very interested in what you've done. And then I would suggest something radically different. A lot of times the best first step to getting organized is to step away for a minute. We have been trying over and over again. The people that I work with haven't been cluttered for days or weeks or months. They've been cluttered for decades, their whole life. So a lot of times this is people who either have never really learned how to get organized or there's an emotional block that's stopping them. Or again, clutter is helping them in some way. And until you get that need met without the clutter, the clutter won't go away because it's serving a purpose. So a lot of times the first things I'll tell someone to do is learn how to organize. Most of us were not taught how to organize. So I have um, a free handout online that your listeners can get. It's it's at organizingiseasy.com. And that's my 10 steps for how to get and stay organized. And most of us, when we think about how to organize, we think of purging, like throwing things away, or we think about boxing things up and making it pretty. Those are only two of 10 steps. So no wonder we are walking around feeling like we don't have all the information or feeling really stressed when we go to start to organize and we end up feeling more disorganized at the end of that time than when we started. So the first thing I would do is try to say, okay, great. How is your organizing you know, strategy? Do you have all of the skills that you need? Do you really know all the steps that you need in order to do that? Once that's done, then we start to like go into the clutter and see where are you getting stuck specifically? Because saying just in general, I keep trying to get organized and nothing's helping. Where are you getting stuck? Because most of us get stuck in very specific places. Is it, are you getting stuck getting started? Do you have a hard time finishing? Is finishing like, you know, having your wisdom teeth pulled? Is it painful and horrible? 
Is it more that you don't want to let things go and you feel a lot of panic and anxiety at the thought of parting with your things? Let's get really clear about where you're getting stuck because that's where we can add love and support so that you can then move beyond that barrier. Great. What was that resource, the the URL for that resource you mentioned about the 10 steps? Organizingiseasy.com. It's not always simple, but it's easy. <laughs> I was going to say that's easy for you to say. <laughs> it is easy. It is, but it's, you know, I feel like it's my job to act as a bridge. If organizing comes easy to me, it's my job to help make it easy for the people that I work with and that I serve because it is actually quite easy. And where I specialize is when it's not easy. And that's where I really shine because I can help you figure out, okay, wait, where are we stuck? And a lot of times, you know, we, we just need practice. We need education, insight, and practice. And so like when I work one-on-one -on -one with people, a lot of times I'm just helping them experience the feeling of completion. A lot of people have a lot of experience starting a project, but not finishing it. And so that's just a skill. And another skill that we work with is like determining how long projects take. Like I have clients who come to me who have ADHD and, you know, they'll say, oh, yeah, ADHD time doesn't exist to me. I can't name a time to save my life. And a month, two months later, they can name within 30 seconds how long an action is going to take them. They've just never taken the time to refine that skill. And so as organizers, I really think that's our job is to help pave the way to make it easier for people who it's not naturally easy for. That's definitely you sharing your superpower. I like it. I, thank you. I try. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're on the path to getting to be somewhat clutter free, let's say, how do we create a process then to keep that clutter from crawling back into our life? It's an interesting thing in the society. We think that clutter is a one and done. I'm going to organize my office and it will be done. And that's 1000% not true because your spaces are living, breathing parts of your life. And so we can't do it once and be done forever. It's just like brushing our teeth. It's hygiene, right? It's like you don't brush your teeth once and say, okay, great. No more plaque. <laughs> we have to keep doing it because we use our teeth every day. We use our kitchen every day. We use our office every day. And even if you don't use it every day, it's worth revisiting. So a few, like right before the pandemic, I, I had this insight. I was like, you know, people don't just need like I had just developed my 10 steps course and I thought, you know, this is so great, but people need more than this. They need support in revisiting the spaces of their lives and reevaluating the, re the systems. And I came up with the chaos to calm community to help with that because like, so in, in the community, every single month we organize a different room and you may be doing a full renovation of that room that month, or you might just be going and looking at that room and saying, looks good, not going to touch it. But so many of our spaces, we just take our hands off and we never think about again until they're a real issue. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. And so what we want to do is gently move through and just kind of make contact with our spaces and give ourselves even two hours a month to just up level them. Like, how can I make my laundry room more supportive to me? Because the spaces in our home, they're meant to be supportive to us. They're meant to house us and hold us and help us accelerate and succeed and thrive in our lives. And so if when you're washing your dishes, for example, you are always frustrated because you don't have gloves and they're down in the basement, take a minute to go get those gloves, bring them up there, create a home for them underneath the sink, and you'll never have that issue again. And now you can focus better when you're doing your dishes. It seems so simple, but if we're not paying attention and really taking time to love on our spaces, they're not going to continue to evolve to support our growing needs. Very wise wisdom. Any other thoughts that you have that could really help us be better at reducing the clutter so we can be even more productive? 
we live in a world, as we said earlier, that we've just never had more, more stuff, more access, more information, more entertainment. And if we can start to do more with less, that's going to serve us. Really taking the time to say, again, kind of going to that three to five rule, what are the three to five things I want to focus on this year in my life? What are, I mean, not forever, but just like for the next three months or the next one year, what do I want to focus on? Because a lot of times we might be keeping things out, like all this you know, stuff for a project is out, but we actually have no time or interest in doing it. We just don't want to forget about doing it. And so what we can really do is get clear about where our priorities are and then make sure that your spaces are set up for those activities to happen in, not the number six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 that you might do three years from now. We have to learn to really fill our spaces with life, like real life, things that we're doing today and not stuff. And if there are things that we want to do, but later add those to your task list, put those objects away so that you don't have to look at them or let them go and trust that you'll get new items for that activity when it's time. But really like giving more of ourselves to fewer things is probably the, the, the greatest decluttering wisdom that we can have. I like it a lot. Giving ourselves to fewer things. I think that alone makes you almost feel like, oh, yeah, so much better, right? Oh, totally. Well, because, you know, I like I keep thinking for the last four years, I keep wanting to go back to studying Spanish. I keep wanting to do it and I keep not doing it. And it's because, you know, I don't want to ha- hold my phone after I've been staring at my computer all day. I don't want to be attached to another device for hours after I finish working. So at this moment in my life, that's not a great hobby for me. So I have to be really authentic and say, okay, great. That I need to take that out of my mind. That's mental clutter. This idea that I need to be doing this unless I can find a way of doing it without my phone. And, you know, and that's possible. But really letting ourselves off the hook and saying, okay, what I'm going to do instead is really focus on my walks or I'm going to take up this activity and I'm going to go dancing and really being honest with ourselves. It does. It just provides such great relief because our poor little mind is spinning constantly trying to keep up with the number of things that we are interested in or curious about or desiring to do. Boy, that is so true. (laughs) That is so true. I get on Duolingo and it says you have to commit to get you in the habit of doing the Spanish classes. And so the least amount is seven days in a row. And I do it like on a Tuesday and the rest of the time I don't do it. (laughs) I know, but there is there's such fatigue. I think it's so beautiful to live in a time where there's so much accessible on our on our devices. But it it just gets exhausting. Like I need a like if there was a Spanish group that was local that I could sit and chat with, I would do it in a heartbeat because I'm all about human connection. I just need a hot minute without a device because I feel like it's in my in front of my face 24 seven. I couldn't agree with you more. If somebody says, well, download my app, I said, I don't want to download any more apps. On don't make me do it. Don't <laughs> make me do it. I just I just feel more clutter coming on. I don't want another app for that. Completely. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the best way for us to get a copy of your book? Why the F am I still not organized? Absolutely. So your listeners can get a free copy at starhansen.com forward slash podcast. And that's star just like in the sky and then h-a-n-s-e-n dot com forward slash podcast and they can get a free copy of my book and they can also take my clutter monster quiz to find out what clutter monster is hiding in their closet keeping them disorganized super cool i appreciate that that's awesome we get a copy of your book for free i can't can't ask for anything more than that right 
Awesome. Yeah, it's, I love my <laughs> love my baby book. It's it's our anniversary coming up, and I'm so excited. Oh, that's terrific! Congratulations. I really appreciate again your very valuable time and you joining us today to share your really great wisdom. Thank you so much, Anne. It was so great to be here with you today. After investing your valuable time with Star and me, I hope you've gained insights and ideas that will propel you to greater heights in every facet of your life. Share the wisdom by passing on my Accountability Coach podcast to help ignite others, which can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. And subscribe to the Accountability Minute for daily guidance on proven business success principles, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. I salute you for your hunger for more, your drive for wanting to be even better, and your unyielding commitment to being the architect of your destiny. Want more business success resources and tips? Well, I know, of course you do. Subscribe to my blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And remember to aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day, today and every day. I appreciate you listening. 